0: The sports and the world podcast is brought to you by ExoGun. Ever do a workout and feel like you need a massage after? Well, get your massage without leaving the house. Don't let pain and soreness slow you down. ExoGun revives muscle, boosts circulation, and releases energy so you can recover faster and live better. Take it wherever you need it. Work, the gym, the trail, and put the power of percussion massage treatment in your hands. It's portable, adjustable, and powerful. Exogun is trusted by the pros to deliver the ultimate in recovery. Like we said before, you can even use it for percussion therapy. What is percussion therapy? Percussion therapy boosts muscle function and recovery by penetrating deep into the muscle tissue by a series of rapid, concentrated pulsating strokes. Gain back control of your body and achieve long-term pain relief with Exogun. Get 10% off with code CGS10 at checkout. Comes with a charger and carrying case. Go get your ExoGun today and treat yourself to a massage at a moment's notice. Ever feel unable to focus, tired, and just low on energy? We understand that feeling. We understand it so well that the Sports and the World Podcast is brought to you by the Couch Guys Sports Network and sponsored by our friends over at Shock Energy. Shock Energy is a drink made by gamers for gamers. All their flavors come packed with 180 milligrams of caffeine to ensure that no matter what you're doing, your focus will always be razor sharp to keep you performing at the top of your game. Their formulas are designed to specifically give you high energy boost when you need it most while ensuring to avoid the jitters after too much caffeine consumption. Head over to www.shockenergy.com and use the promo code CGSN today for 10% off your order. Check out their green apple flavored box or even their watermelon flavored box. Oh, and don't worry, they ship worldwide. That's right, worldwide. Get your shock energy today, and let us help you gain your focus and energy back. Good morning, good afternoon, good evening. Whenever you're listening to us, and how are you listening to us? Thank you for making the Sports and the World Podcast a part of your day. I'm Ladarius, and I hope all of you are well and safe out there. And before we jump into we're gonna talk WWE, we're gonna talk about Liv Morgan, we're gonna talk about her running, my thoughts on WWE thus far. We're gonna talk about in Brown's big picture, Lamar Jackson, who I feel is getting disrespected, we'll talk about that. The WNBA, we'll get to that. And the two teams that will kick off our two-a-day, our NFL two-a-days, we'll get to that as well. But the first, I took a bit of a bye week last week, you know, sometimes you gotta recharge, you know, you know, to get kind of a little bit, you know, reinvigorated, and that's what I did. And hopefully, all of you checked out the content, you followed me on social media to keep up with me on um, at Ladarius at underscore Brown on both Twitter and TikTok and at Ladarius double underscore Brown on Instagram to follow me. You know, it took a little bit of a bye week. But anyway, we're back. We're back and ready, raring to go. So let's just jump in. Let's talk WWE to kick off this week's episode. Why not? And because the last time we spoke, I had the great Tanya Ray Fox on here and we previewed Money in the Bank. And what was interesting is that and I noticed this and I forgot to bring it up with her after the fact is that our picks, you know, were the last one of the last two people, you know, who were on the ladder, you know, in the Money in the Bank matchup. And, And for the most part, I love having her on because, you know, she was right about. The bobby lashley winning the belt because it, it's because you know title changes happening in certain pay-per-views you just don't see it happening and i really thought they would keep the belt on theory but the minute he lost the belt i said okay they're going to put their money in the bank and sure enough as a broken clock is right twice a week that's exactly what they did and he's cashed in you know he's mr money in the bank and i think it's gonna be interesting to see how that works out with summer slam on the horizon but I really want to talk about Liv Morgan. Because the thing with Liv, it just felt that at some point Liv had to take off. And I think now more than ever, when you look at this women's division, and, and I've talked about this on social media, and I'll talk about it here now. You know, especially on the SmackDown side, I think the division is getting better now that you have Liv there. And because the thing the problem that i had with ronda rousey holding the belt was that was the lack of opponents but now with Liv, for some reason i feel like there's more competition now you have Lacey, then you still have raquel you got ziya lee then you still got you know rousey you got natalia you know and, and it's good on Liv because it was smart that she it was smart on WWE's end she wins she catches in on rousey because I just didn't see, listen. No one's catching it on Bianca Belair. But like I say, I'll stand by the comment that I think she's going to to go the belt until WrestleMania, and I double down and triple down now, triple down on that every day. So her winning, so Liv winning the belt, opens up new opportunities, which is which is great upon Liv because she deserves it because I felt she got lost in the shuffle after you know Ruby, you know Ruby, so you know. Ruby Riot, now Ruby Soho in AEW, she was released and then Sarah Logan was no longer there. It felt she was it felt I felt bad because I know Liv is great. And and this is what I always say about storytelling is that you gotta think long term with a lot of storylines. Short term works, but long term with Liv, I think they were building her up. And I think when they said, okay, we gotta do this now. It worked out, I'm curious to see how her title reign goes because here's the thing, it's very odd that now when you look at the four horsewomen women who have always said this company has built the women's division around for the last, over the last decade, there's only one now currently on programming and that's Becky Lynch, which if you don't know by now, I love me some Becky Lynch because Becky Lynch grew on me over the last year, year and a half, character-wise. And, but it's just weird because, you know, Charlotte Flair, off television, Sasha, we all know about that, and Bailey. So the question is, is, is that I think you're seeing the shift. You look at Bianca, you know, on Raw, you look at Lib at some point the company had to either by, you know, either by choice or by force, they had to shift away from the four horsewomen and and build around other talent that they have there. Because when Bianca, because if you think about it, Bianca has beaten three of the four horsewomen. She hasn't beaten Charlotte, which I think will be the match at WrestleMania, how we get there? Well, we'll get there. Right? We'll get to that path when we get there. But it's very interesting to see now that they're building around Liv and Bianca. Because Liv could hold onto that belt for a while. Because I think when you look at the SmackDown, I think Raquel's a future champion. I think Lacey's a future champion. But this is about Liv. I think Liv holds onto the belt for the remainder of the year, unless they pull a surprise, i.e. Charlotte, which there's a storyline there they could use, or someone like a, a, a Bailey. One of those two is gonna come back during the year. You know, leaning Charlotte. But I'm just happy to see that because I love women's wrestling, and I just love good story, and I think Liv is an amazing story. And I think it works, and I think For those who went after her on her first promo, like, it's her first promo as champion. Like, imagine your first day on the job. And, you know, on your promotion, the first day, you know, on your new job with your new promotion. Listen, you're not gonna knock it out of the park. But listen, you're gonna get better. And Liv is only going to get better. Because I remember the same people who talked about Bianca. Like, and look look at Bianca, Bianca's untouchable. Bianca is there where ain't nobody touching Bianca. Bianca can put on great matches with literally anybody in that ring. And, and I preface this when I say, go back and look at her last couple of matches with Dewdrop and you can't tell me that Bianca can't work with everybody. that those matches between Dewdrop who I love, who I like as well, they put on amazing matches. Like anytime Bianca steps in the ring, it's a great match. So, but anyway, back to the topic of point, you know, back to the focal point, I think it's important to understand with Liv, Liv's only gonna get better because they're invested in Liv. And when you invest in someone, it it works. Listen, Roman Reigns, okay, listen, they played the long game with Roman Reigns. Remember they've tried to force and inundate us with Roman, Roman, Roman. But what, what clicked was Roman was a heel. Here's the reality: Some people are better heels than faces, and some people are better faces than heels. And some people can pull off both with great succession. I was talking on Twitter with someone, you know, they would talk about guys like Kevin Owens and Sami Zayn, and we talk about Dolph Ziggler. Like, you know, people like that can be a face and a heel and pull it off. Like, there's more examples, but I'm just using that, you know, in this in this construct here of, of the of the argument so it can work so with roman they just had to make him heal and with Liv, it was just more let's just put you know she's a baby face he puffing her as the baby face and that's exactly listen her mic skills are going to she's going to get better beyond everybody's going to get better so i'm just happy and proud on that end and people you know once again speaking on, on the roman front like, people are talking about, well, Roman and, and Brock. Listen, I, I'll tell you this. There's always an event that turns the landscape. Cody Rhodes' injury changed the landscape of this match. Because I truly do believe that it was going to be Roman and Cody at SummerSlam. I felt that's where they're going to start rolling around, you know, leading us on the path to Rhodes becoming champion. But listen, you, you, you can't listen. You can't have a better match than with Brock because it's a last man standing match Who and, and I always make this point who else would you have Roman face at SummerSlam that will get people in the seat, that will get people in trick listen, people, oh we've seen this before listen, you watch the same movie I guarantee you have a favorite movie or movies you watch the same movie over and over again and you know the beginning middle, the end you know the movie at like the back of your hand but you still watch it that's Roman and Brock. But the difference is you kind of don't know sometimes how they're gonna play it out in the end. That's the difference. That's my argument. Is, is that this is essentially a movie that you've seen. And even sequels. Like all those Fast and the Furious movies, listen. It kind of works around that premise where you've seen Match after Match, but you just don't know the end. Like the fact that you didn't know the endings of the Fast and all of the sequels of Fast and the Furious. So and listen, we may have known who who, we're going to, who was going to win Brock and Roman in, in a certain match that they faced, but you didn't know how they were going to do it, and that's the key. And I do believe there will be something interesting at, at the main event because that's going to be the main event. There ain't no question about it of this particular match. So that's something to think about. So once again, good on live. You know, we're going to probably preview Summerslam. And you know, talk more about the Roman Brock and that card thus far. But speaking of interesting things and things people are complaining about, you know, you know the WNBA, a sport that I love and I feel that we don't talk about it enough on this show. Because I I became a Seattle Storm fan because of the great Sue Bird, who's calling it a career after that. You know, and I, I don't think I touched on how much Sue influenced the way that I watch the WNBA. I was watching before as a young kid, you know, that great run the Houston Comets had, the Sparks had, I didn't have a favorite team. So I was watching the UConn, the national championship game. And I just saw Sue Bird. I was like, I like her. I like her game. And I said to myself, whatever team she goes to, that's my team. And guess what? She went to the Seattle store. So I want to throw that in there because I don't think I mentioned it before, but glad I did. But now, the WNBA—they had their All-Star game recently in Chicago. You know, Team Stewart falling short against Team Wilson. We won't get into that. But there's a lot of things I want to get into with the W. You know, the MVP race is going to be interesting between Stewart, Asia Wilson. You know, I might have somebody on to talk about that because it's it's a it's a very tight race. And multiple like defensive player, it's very very tight at a lot of those races there. But going back to my central point, there were a lot of talks about the league not opening up the event to the public. And Kathy Engel, Kathy Engelbert, the WBA, you know, the commissioner, took a lot of heat, you know, you know, for a lot of things going on. But once again, and, and deservedly so in some regards but here's what i've always said the theory you've heard me probably say on this show probably ad nauseum you heard me, you heard me say a lot of things on your are nauseum. but one of things that to me i look at it as a life principle the life philosophy that i have is that when there are two or more parties involved in a certain situation you can't put a hundred percent of the blame on one person so as much as we want to be like oh it's all you know, the commissioner's fault. No, the, the this when these all star games, no matter the sport, the city and the staff of the team, you know, there are multiple pieces in motion to blame. And one of the things is that I feel like the W has taken a hit from a publicity standpoint to in promoting the sport because you have stars in that sport. I just mentioned superb you got around the store you know you got you know even in chicago you got candace parker you got diana diana torasi you have asia wilson you have stars in the w okay they are stars but why is it that we don't know about it it's promotion if anything that you can fault the league for that but for how the events turn out i can't in good conscience put all of that on the W. Because when you have the city, Chicago, you have all of these things going on. Now, listen, the commissioner deserves a very fair sure. Listen, I'm not saying, oh, she doesn't deserve any of the blame, no, she deserves some of the blame. But I'm not saying don't put it all at her doorstep in front of her office. That's my point, because when there are two or more people or entity, entities in the situation, I cannot put 100% of the blame on one person. Think about it, think about it as a relationship. If you're broken up with, if you're in a breakup, you can't say it was all one person's fault because at least you take at least one, five, ten percent of the blame. And the other person could take the burden of the blame, the other 80, 89% of the blame, that's fine. But don't put it all on one person because even in little nuanced things, it's not all on one person even if it's like i say, one five ten percent even 20 percent, and that's how i feel with the situation with the w and the events going on what happened in chicago is that and i jokingly said because i work for i also write for beyond women's sports and i joke we'll get a new owner you know but in a joking way but i think the problem is is that when and listen i cover at athletes unlimited i cover the basketball this season and i'll be covering the softball Athletes Unlimited Softball, I the AUX Softball that recently, and I'll be covering the AU, I'm covering the AU Softball, which I did last year. I'll be covering it again this year because I love softball. But I think sports like AU, people flock to them because it's about the fans. And I think the people who suffer in all this are the fans. Because the fans want to connect to the players. Because you have fans who became lovers of the game because of the players, i.e. You know, listen, I love the W. And I, you listen, I watched, you know, seen you know, those great Houston, like I mentioned, those great Houston commons teams. But, you know, it, Sue Bird kept me in for life. And now I'll forever be a Seattle Storm fan because of Sue Bird. So fans, in the, it's a very important relationship between the fans and the players. It sounds so rudimentary in principle, but it's fundamentally true. And I think that's who the real losers of all of this, you know, was in this, was the fans. Because they support, their are fans who support this league, and support it from way back when. Like old school fans like me, who, who, who's been at this 20 years i mean i mean i became like i said so it's amazing to me that the fans listen the fans just deserve better and and to me i think it gets lost in the shuffle that we can blame kathy engel because i think she's dealing with my own set of problems but that's a whole nother conversation but promoting the league because you can get new fans Because with AU, it's a relatively new league and they're gaining fans. Because it's about the fans. It's the players connecting with the fans. And that's what we as, we're not asking too much as fans to, you know, talk to the players. Connect with them. Because they're people. They're not just robots going to, no, we want to connect. And I think that's the biggest takeaway is that it's just about the fans. And at some point, I don't know if it's, more, you know, the ownership. I don't, you know, but I think someone needs, you know, it's about investing in this league. If you're going to talk about it, be about it. And there are people, and I'm not going to call out any entities or any in, in, in individuals, but there are people in, in individ, you know, people in entities that can invest in the WNBA. And the product um, in the context of promotion will be a thousand percent better because you have stars. You can promote the heck out of Brianna Stewart and Asia Wilson. In, the, in, in a way, yeah, you promoted Sue Bird and Candace Parker, Diana Taurasi. You have stars and you have budding stars in that league. I like Sabrina Ionescu. That's a star. You have young talent in there. There are stars now and are on their point to being stars, superstars. Invest because we as fans love this sport, and it, and it hurts us to see the reputation that the W is getting. It, it's, it's, it, it's hurtful, and I'll, I'll just leave it, I'll, I'll leave it there before I go down a rabbit hole. But before we get to this week's Brown's Big Picture, just once again, follow me on social media, at Laders underscore Brown on both Twitter and TikTok, and follow me on Instagram, at double underscore Brown. It also came with a trivia question today. You know, so check that out on those sites, on my social media sites as well. It's about the 80s. I hope you'll, you'll like it. So, speaking of things about liking, here's something that I dislike. And it's going to talk about Brown's big picture. But before we get there, I talked about the two a days, and we're going to, starting next week. We're going to cover two NFL teams, talk about them, maybe have some people on to talk about them. And and the two teams are going to be we're going to go out west, as Horace Greeley once said, "to go west, young man." So we're going to go west, fans. And we're going to talk about the Seattle Seahawks. A lot of things going on there, post Russell Wilson era, and the Chargers. Interesting, interesting team. Could be a sleeper team, but when we get to, I'll explain why I feel that way. Next week. So those are your two teams that will kick off our two a days starting next week. So, speaking of the NFL, sticking with the NFL, ESPN came out with their quarterback list. Now, this list is according to league executives, coaches, scouts, and players. Let's preface with that. This is this, this nothing to do with fans. So, in your top five, you got Aaron Rodgers, Patrick Mahomes, Josh Allen, Tom Brady, Joe Burke. That's your top five. Rounding up, Rounding out the top ten. Matthew Stafford, Justin Herbert, Russell Wilson, Deshaun Watson, and Dak Prescott. Now, there's one name on there that should be on there, and that's Lamar Jackson. Because if you look at this list, look at the top five. Two MVPs, you got multiple, you got MVP winners. You got the four-time MVP, and Aaron Rodgers, you got the MVP, Patrick Mahomes. You got Tom Brady three-time NFL MVP. And you got Josh Allen, three, who, who could potentially win an MVP this year. Joe Burrow. So the top five guys are either MVP winners or potential MVP winners this season, and or. But Lamar Jackson won an MVP back in 2019. And, and listen, people are like, oh, listen. Dak is a top 15 quarterback, but he's not a, he's probably number 11. Because it's amazing to me. I if, if if you tell me quarterback wins that lets me know that you have nothing in the tank in terms of an argument because what I will say is this Lamar Jackson is the MVP in this league, you can call him a runner you can call him anything you want, I don't want to hear about postseason because Dak Prescott and the Cowboys ain't got no space and I know Cowboy fans some of them are my you know, uh, follow me on social media and I follow them it's not that I, I don't hate the Dallas Cowboys and I know last year, I went on a tangent about Dak Prescott. It was about the contract. It is that you're gonna pay him like a guy like Russ, who's been to two Super Bowls, when Dak hasn't even been close to one. Now, am I blaming, and listen, and remember, when Dak, got, listen, when I did my blame for the Dallas Cowboys Troubles, I gave Dak 5% of the blame, okay? So I don't hate Dak Prescott. So we just because, and this is the thing I people to understand, just because you don't think Dak is the top 10 corner doesn't mean you hate Dak Prescott. you just you think Lamar is better. And that's a whole separate argument. Because it's one thing not to like Dak and just purposely drop him because you don't like him. Me, I just think he, Lamar is better. Lamar's an MVP in this league. The Ravens, listen, I just think with Lamar Jackson, you have to look at his body of work. Listen, he's an MVP. I keep repeating, he's an MVP. We could argue that maybe Burrow, you could swap Burrow with Stafford. I could argue that, listen, Deshaun Watson, despite not playing a single down since the 2020 season, is a top 10 quarterback, you could make a case. I, how you may feel about him personally? He's a talent, but he ain't playing this year. And that to me, you put a guy on this list, you put two guys on this list at... 9 and 10, and Watson and Prescott, respectively, who, Watson, he may not even play a person, he, he's not going to play a full 17-game schedule. That's not going to happen. And Dak, what has Dak done? This is what I ask people. What has Dak done to warn him being a top 10 quarterback? I don't want to hear quarterback wins because how I feel about quarterback wins is essentially that's a stat where that's this is an individual stat, but it's not to wins or a team stat. Like, if you tell me a coach coaching wins, that matters because he's the coach. Does so that matter? we talk about wins and loss, that's a coach. A quarterback, oh, oh, well, Tom Brady's a lot of wins, yeah. Because he had, because <laughs> he had Adam Vinatieri, he had Steven he he's had great defenses. And, and, so yeah, he's gonna win, a, he's won a lot of games. So that's why I said quarterback wins is not a real stat. Because you look at some of the guys who have all these wins versus some of the guys like who you'd be surprised if you have more quote-unquote quarterback wins than other quarterbacks. That's what dilutes the argument. But anyway, that's a whole different conversation. But to get back to this, the disrespect that Lamar Jackson is getting is is, is not warranted. Because we could talk about, oh, well, he's a running quarterback. Yeah, okay, cool. But... Who's more likely to get to a Super Bowl in their careers? And the answer is Lamar Jackson. Because, listen, Dallas, that offensive line, that's gotta rebuild it. The Baltimore Ravens had a great draft, probably one of the best drafts. Eric DaCosta and John Hart, you know, that that front office had a great draft. They have a great roster. Lamar Jackson will be in a Super Bowl before and even and even as crowded as the AFC is, I think that can Dak even get past? Like look, look on this list the quarterbacks that Dak has to get past. And Rodgers, even though he that offense is going to look different, he's still got to do with Tom Brady. He's still got to do with Matthew Stafford. Like if this were like top like he, he's a top five AFC. NFC quarterback, but he's not a top ten quarterback because the AFC simply has better quarterbacks. I hate to be that guy, but my guy Matt, Matty Ice, he's in the AFC in a very very crowded group of great AFC quarterbacks. So my point is is that the disrespect that Lamar Jackson is getting is prepped on the fact that oh you 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 look at him as a running back not a quarterback and that's not fair. And you got to get that that's a silly and asinine mindset. Lamar Jackson, yeah is a uber talent. And listen, don't give me quarterback wins. Don't because listen, if Dak Prescott, the reason why we're having this conference is because Dak Prescott right now has not shown me. And I like Dak. And I, once again, go back to my other episodes where I talk about where I didn't, when when the team was absolutely terrible, I didn't put it all on Dak because I know how great Dak is. But at the end of the day, this boils down to who do I see Winning a Super Bowl. Super Bowl. And who has an MVP? And it's Lamar Jackson. Rodgers has an MVP. John Brady has an MVP. And they're top five quarterbacks. And you put a guy. And it's not just Joe Burrow. But Burrow's been in the league, what? It'll be a third year. And you're putting him over a guy like Lamar Jackson. And it's not Joe Burrow's fault. I think Joe Burrow's going to be a star. In this league. But, when we talk about Dak and Lamar, this boils down to, yes, Lamar is an MVP, but only that. He has a better chance, even in a crowded AFC, to get to a Super Bowl than Dak Prescott. That's how I feel. And I don't hate Dak. Like, once again, you can dislike, you, I like Dak as a person, he's a fine quarterback, but he's not a top ten quarterback. It, 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 is it because he's playing with the Dallas Cowboys? That may, that may be a, a part of a reason. But listen, I, I've talked about Kirk Cousins on this show. He plays with the Minnesota Vikings, so to me, that argument falls flat. To me, it does, because I've talked about Kirk Cousins how I think you know I I think he was a top, well I, I think he was a top fifteen quarterback, but he proved me wrong. And I'm willing to admit that I was wrong about Kirk Cousins, because that's what I want to do. I want to be proven wrong. You know, I like to be proven right, but sometimes it's okay to be proven wrong, and, and Kirk Cousins proved me wrong in a lot of ways. But this 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 Lamar hate is just it's 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 just a disrespect. Because he deserves a new contract, he's gonna get a new contract. Because my goodness, if Dak can get that contract, why can't Lamar? I'm gonna end it with that. And on that note, thank you for listening to this episode of the Sports in the World Podcast. Once again, follow me on social media at Sports. You know, follow me and the Sports in the World Podcast. Follow me at Ladarius underscore brown Twitter and TikTok. Follow me at uh, Instagram at Ladares Double underscore Brown. As well, be on look up once again for this week's trivia question about the 80s. And starting next week, our two days, we're going to head west. We'll be we talking about the Seattle Seahawks and the Chargers. The Los Angeles Chargers. And until you hear me again, I'm the Darius. Be real, be you be blessed and be safe. From all of us here from the Sports and the World Podcast.